0: Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to our 18th podcast episode from From the STEM Up. I'm so excited to talk about new perspectives with this awesome guest on this next episode. Hey Angéline, how's it going?
1: Hi, my name is Angéline Lafleur and I'm 17 years old. I just graduated from high school in Ottawa, Canada. And uh, I'm really interested in quantum computing and quantum technologies. And I'm going into physics and electrical engineering at the University of
0: Ottawa this fall. It's amazing. Yeah. And I don't really know a lot of females who are interested in quantum technologies and electrical engineering. So super excited to invite you to this episode. Um, If you guys don't know, I actually went and reached out to Angeline, pretty much begged her to come because she just, she's amazing. Um, And I'm sure that uh, a lot of you guys will be fascinated by what she did. So yeah. So a little bit on the STEM side, what does STEM mean to you?
1: STEM is not only a field of work or field of study, but it's also a very important tool and method to make the world function as it is today. Uh, Science and technology influence every aspect of our daily lives, bring progress to bettering our society, bettering our lives, creating new technologies, solving important problems such as climate change or curing diseases and much more. Uh, So to me personally, I really see STEM as a tool to make a great impact and change in the world and for me personally STEM is really an interesting topic to do activities and study in because I really like the uh, logical and technical aspect of it but really in the grand scheme of things it's it's ability to help us progress as a society
0: exactly I really like that definition you just gave there. And what or who sparked your interest for STEM and why?
1: So for me, I had a bit of a particular situation Well, where, where both of my parents are electrical engineers. So from a very, very young age, like there's even there's pictures of me as a baby beside my parents, like testing equipment, uh, fake doing circuits and stuff. So from a very young age, I've been exposed to STEM. My parents have been Uh, really supportive uh, for um, making me pursue STEM so they uh, helped me participate uh, in a bunch of cool like technology summer camps uh, when I was younger and really discover STEM for myself through them and through school and all that. Also there's maybe a little bit of a genetic influence uh, on top (laughs) of the environmental factor but yeah biology is not (laughs) not my thing so I don't exactly know how that
0: would work. (laughs) And you mentioned some of the STEM camps and um, opportunities you are involved in. Um, I actually met you through QCSIS, which is Quantum Cryptography School for Young Students, this year. It was virtual this summer, and it lasted for two weeks um, in the first two weeks of August. And I thought it was really fun and a great challenge. Do you mind explaining what the program is about and why you applied and what you have learned from it?
1: Uh, so the program QCSIS, which is hosted by the Institute for Quantum Computing at the University of Waterloo, uh, really aims to teach uh, high school students everything about quantum. So quantum is the science of what is small. So quantum computing uh, is technology for new type of supercomputers. Then there's also uh, quantum uh, key distribution for uh, doing cryptography with quantum technologies and so much more, which were all covered during this uh, really amazing program. I was surprised at how much I was able to learn in two weeks. Like the program directors and all the people who came and spoke did a really great job. Uh, we really learned the math of, for the basics of quantum mechanics and quantum computing, and it really helped us understand way more than through any other medium of discovering things about uh, quantum technologies. It was a really great experience also meeting like-minded students uh, (laughs) such as you and uh, yeah I applied because I was interested in pursuing a career in quantum computing and had done a little bit of research uh, on my own but What I had learned prior was is nothing to compare, nothing compared to what I learned uh, at USCIS. I was really surprised at uh, how much they can teach us in only two weeks.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I really found that it was really comprehensive of all different aspects, as you said, and it was delivered by world-class quantum computing researchers and instructors. And I thought the material taught was very challenging but also it took into account a lot of different aspects of quantum computing and i felt that they really pushed you to learn those concepts it wasn't really like just an overview it was like sometimes we really delve deep into some problems in the problem sessions and Mm -hmm. um i would really recommend if you guys are interested in physics math if you want to go into quantum computing Um, And maybe hopefully next year for you listeners, um, you might be able to actually experience the um, in-person QCIS, where you'll be staying in a university dorm and visiting the Institute for Quantum Computing located at the University of Waterloo in Canada. And the applications, I think, are open internationally. But you should be available to travel to Canada during that time period, which is the, the first or first two weeks of August, depending on what happens next year because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, but I think even virtually, I think it was really engaging. We were able to communicate online using, you know, Google Meet, um, group chats. And I found that the community we have right now is is still ongoing. And then I was able to meet a lot of friends. I think this year around 150 people were um, part of it because it was virtual. So I think that was a really great um, advantage of it. And I was able to meet a lot of cool people like Angéline.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh I'm sure uh, during the program in person would have been really cool being able to do uh, in-person labs and touring the IQC but I I did so on my own time actually I, I visited the IQC at one point and with the lab kits that they sent out to some students we were able to do some experiments at home and one of the biggest um, advantages, I guess, of having the program online is they were able to extend the number of people uh, from around 50 to around 150. So um, I'm really thankful for the opportunity uh, to participate in the program and also for the opportunity, uh, all those other uh, 150, some people who were able to participate, who some of them would might not have been able to uh, had it been in person.
0: Yeah, so if you are in grades 11 or 12, um, 15 years old or older, and have enrolled in or completed a grade 11 mathematics or physics, um, and fluent in English, you are um, eligible to participate in it. And in person, it would cost around $250. But virtually, it was free, which was also an advantage. So Um, depending on what happens next year, I would still recommend to apply. I think applications do start around September. Um, That's, Mm -hmm. um, that's when I first saw that when my physics teacher showed it to me. So yeah, I, me and Angeline definitely recommend it. And yeah. So my next question for you is, you have also participated in a program called SHAD, which is exclusive to Canada. Um, It's a STEM summer camp here in Canada. So what was your experience like there and do you recommend it?
1: Uh, Yeah so uh, while it is uh, exclusive to Canada they do let a few international students but unlike QCCIS the vast majority of people participating uh, are Canadian. So basically what is SHAD? So SHAD is a month-long STEAM as in science, technology, engineering, arts and math and uh, entrepreneurship summer summer program. And it is conducted in, uh, last I checked, it was 17 or 18 uh, universities across Canada. So each school has around 50 students that come in and live on campus for an entire month and participate in a bunch of uh, challenges Lectures, team building exercises, STEM everything, uh, as well as a design project with a particular theme each year uh, where you have to build or come up with an idea and do a business pitch for a way to uh, help solve problems in our community. Uh, The year where I went, it was to reduce waste. And now, this past year, which had a virtual program that worked very differently from a uh, no, no regular SHAD program, but they were building uh, experiments to go do microgravity experiments in space, which was a really cool opportunity uh, for them. Uh, SHAD as well really focuses on being able to make connections and meet friends from all across Canada who also share interest in STEM, as well as having high quality activities and lectures given by university staff, a little bit like QCCIS, but the big difference is that QCCIS is really intensely educational in a way where the vast majority of time, at least in our experience with the virtual program, was really lectures, math, homework, and it was very uh, intensive on the educational and learning aspect. SHAD is a little more relaxed on The educational side, but you get to really experience learning a little bit from a bunch of different aspects of STEM, as well as do random fun activities with the friends that you meet in the city where the university at which you're staying is located. And I met so many friends through SHAD. I had an amazing experience. Even though my design project didn't go that well, that was not what mattered. Like, I learned so much, and it really um, helped me break out of my bubble and get to know, uh, to meet new people and interact. It's The program does a really good job at making you live an experience you've never lived before, being away from your family for a month. Some people did experience it before, but for a lot of people, it was our first time living kind of by ourselves, but with an infrastructure at the the university, but uh, living by ourselves, experiencing what's it like being at a university in a place in Canada, far from home, meeting a bunch of new friends. So it's really an amazing opportunity that I highly recommend. And as for who can apply, it's open to students in grade 10 or 11. So who just finished grade 10 and just finished grade 11, uh, and the equivalent uh, in Quebec being, Uh, secondaire 4 and secondaire 5 and uh, the applications are in November you need to write a couple of essays talking about community involvement uh, extracurriculars that kind of stuff and a little creative demonstration video because during the program there's a few talent shows uh, that were really fun as well
0: yeah it's it's really amazing I think um, this shot program at Canada is really Great for 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 people who want to experience that out of home life or that in campus life. And since it's one month, it does come at a greater cost. But I think for a lot of people, they have found it a lot worth their buck, and mm-hmm. they were able to uh, experience a lot of avenues in entrepreneurship. Um, as you said, the design challenge and a lot of cool experiences in the university. If you are considering applying to university, I think that it's a really great um, way to get exposed to that kind of, you know, schedule at university, attending different activities and lectures. And um, as you said, it's a lot less intensive focus on education, but more about community building, getting to know like-minded peers, as you said, breaking out of your bubble. Also, I think Shad applications open around October, I'm thinking.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was due in November. (laughs) Sorry about that. And uh, yeah, as for the price like you mentioned is more expensive than qc says uh, fairly much more expensive than qc i think the price is around five thousand dollars however they offer many uh, bursaries so uh, a lot of people that i know applied and got to attend the program some even for free some at a lesser price depending on their financial situation at home
0: yeah so definitely if you need that financial aid um this this program is very supportive um i assume i haven't attended it but i'm sure that um but i know a lot of people who really really liked it and i think it would be awesome for you guys yeah so as you probably heard angeline is a bilingual citizen and she speaks french Um, me being an avid french learner i'm really stoked about that so on that topic you being a bilingual citizen and having participated in all of these programs do you think more STEM resources like SHAD and QCIS in Canada, being a bilingual country, should be available in French?
1: Uh, of course I think that there uh, should be uh, equal opportunities whether we learn STEM in French or in English, but there's already quite a bit of STEM programs going on in French. I know that SHAD are, or had started opening up a French uh, campus, so they would have one of their programs being French, but still, in that case, and with QCIS, it's major it's a majority English. But uh, there's also a big reason why a lot of STEM is in English and is hard to be taught in French because a lot of keywords, especially the main category I can really compare is with programming. Programming languages are all in English, so when someone wants a French person wants to learn. Computer science and programming—they need to dive a little in English side of things. They need to figure out English keywords for programming, which, in a sense, is quite unfortunate that um, uh, the whole world of technology is kind of revolving around the English language. But uh, I—that's that, kind of just what—that's just what it is, and people have to follow that but for all the other aspects of STEM and STEM being accessible to all is really important and that I'm an advocate for, for that specifically. Uh, I did many workshops and activities with French, young French students in my community. Women are not always don't always feel welcome in the STEM fields but same goes for uh, people with uh, minority languages. It can be quite intimidating when so many resources or in English, and I really encourage uh, bilingual, or specifically French, because that's what I know and experience, and have experience uh, to look into different programs in their communities that could be in French. Here in Ottawa, there's a big French community, and uh, for example, there was a bunch of camps and workshops at the University of Ottawa that were available both in French and in English, and I really learned a lot of science, math, engineering, technology things uh, when I was a kid doing those programs. Uh, but as for QCSIS particularly, I don't think it would be feasible to have something in French, especially since all the keywords and all that are, are in English for the program, all the researchers speaking <laughs> in English, and if they start letting in French Then, what about the other languages but since it's a Canadian program it's a bit different since French is a national language but yeah I think it's it's uh, really difficult to try and find the balance between giving equal opportunities to everyone and also what is feasible uh, with the way things are are made.
0: Exactly and I actually never considered the programming languages, me taking advantage of English being, you know, the sort of the syntax you write in, in most programming languages. And I just realized that that was in English and that a lot of people um, who don't know English, maybe it takes them longer to figure that out because um, especially in things like Python, you use a lot of words like for and while. And I think that. I didn't really do research on it, but but I get what you mean that a lot of the stem resources we have today or um, terminology that we have is based off of the English language because a lot of the development from the um, from our history developed from the u s uh, because they had a lot more resources, and then that places a greater barrier for those who don't know the language um, and as you said may feel more intimidated um, to to learn programming languages or math concepts, because a lot of the tutorials and a lot of the resources online are in English. So that kind of thing is a consequence of, I think, our history, but also the programs we have for youth today. So especially in my community, being not a Francophone community, we, uh, we should definitely include lots more, maybe even like implementing it as a part of the program, having, A translator in place or things like that, especially when you're going to someplace like a campus at Shad. Yeah, a lot of good points were made here. I think the best solution is, as you said, um, making sure the resources are available, but it is a little bit harder um, because of the terminology.
1: Uh, Yeah, I really agree and hearing you talk about it made me Think more and realize how we can't just give up because there's the terminology is all in English and there's we can do even to work even harder to have resources available in different languages and in our case uh hear French and yeah work as individuals in our communities to try and promote stem for uh, young francophone students because uh, we want more people to realize how, how awesome STEM is. and it would be really sad for people to decide not to look into STEM because of a language barrier. So I think it's really important to make um, all children and young teenagers understand that anyone can do STEM. And there's so much in STEM that wouldn't be like the programming language issue and that they could do in their own native languages. And for programming, I think there are a few languages actually that exist in different languages. I actually know one language that's a programming language that's in Arabic. But (laughs) if you're to work in like a big software company, you'd have to use the common languages that everyone else is using. So in that case, this could be an also an incentive for people to want to learn English. But I know that for resources, for really young students, such as uh, Scratch, the uh, coding learning platform, is available in French. So people can start off in STEM in French, start off programming in French. And we really need to encourage francophone youth, minority youth, to really give STEM a chance. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And I, and I think um, you will be a very great advocate for that, being a francophone student who is also really passionate about STEM. And also for listeners and even myself, I think those those small actions can really make a change. Um, even in like the science club at your school, making sure that if you have someone who has English as a second language, to make sure you provide them those resources um, to make their access to some a lot easier. I think you already mentioned a little bit of your future career goals, but what is your ideal like role in the future in in terms of like quantum computing? like? what kind of field are you wishing to go in, or is that a little bit too far-fetched right now?
1: Yeah, for, as as I mentioned before, yes, I'm interested in quantum computing. That's what I want to do. But yeah, like you mentioned, what type of quantum computing, quantum technology, that I don't know. With, uh, uh, with QC-SYS, it really made me realize how many different things you can be working on in quantum computing. like completely different for example all the different types of quantum computers there's researchers working in each uh, different type with photonics trapped ion quantum computing superconductors and uh, quantum spin yeah i'm not sure which field of within quantum computing i want to go into but quantum computing is really what i'm looking for i initially got interested because I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. I love STEM, but but I didn't know where I wanted to go in the future. And I found that quantum computing, you can take many routes and end up working in quantum computing with different, it's really an interdisciplinary field. You can go there from different aspects of STEM. So that's really what got me interested. I talked to uh, researchers at the IQC, did a few um, online uh, courses and Decided to apply to QCSys to find out if it really was something I was interested in. Turns out, yes, <laughs> I'm even more interested in after uh, doing QCIS. And yeah, for me, uh, quantum computing seems like a great career choice. And as for my path to go there, as I mentioned before, I'm going in physics and electrical engineering. So that's a program that I think is unique to uh, University of Ottawa. Um, also it's in French so uh, that's really that's really great to have uh, opportunities to continue my uh, education in STEM in French. A little side tangent to our uh, with our previous question Uh, but uh, yeah so from the physics side you can really learn more about uh, quantum physics and sort of theoretical physics aspect of quantum technology and then electrical engineering I'll be able to learn more about how to actually you know, build chips and you know, more of the physical side of quantum computing. So I think that's a good way for me to start to see really multiple aspects of stuff that are related to quantum computing. And then maybe in one of those courses or maybe programs and opportunities that I would uh, pursue related to quantum computing, it would make me uh, choose which uh, category I, I'd be interested in.
0: Yeah, and I really think that program... Um, is, is a really great path. Um, I think it kind of taps into some fundamental aspects of quantum computing. And I, and I think you have a really great understanding already, having taken QCIS and um, meeting some researchers and having applied that to various aspects of your own life. Yeah, so in that aspect, do you think that you might want to become a, like pursue a PhD or become a researcher or a professor or something like that? Uh, yeah, for sure, at this,
1: uh, this time, I can't be exactly certain what I'll be doing in like 10 years, but that's really, that, that is, you hit the nail on the head. That is where I'm thinking of going. Uh, i love to do a PhD and even be a professor. Like, um, I'm not sure exactly yet how, you know, being a professor and having a research career, exactly how all of that is. But yeah, working in research and cutting edge, quantum computing technology is something that is really interesting to me and even the teaching aspect of being uh being a university professor uh seems appealing to me i've always liked uh teaching and learning new things and talking to others about the new things that i'm learning
0: exactly like we don't really know what quantum computing really will look like in 10 years even so Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe quantum computing sorry maybe a little bit more mainstream in the future. So we might see some undergraduate programs pop up that are very related to that or leading up to it. Um, I think right now, like as of now, quantum computing is a very research-based topic, but in 10 years it will become very applicable once we start mm-hmm. discovering and researching a lot more um, mainstream aspects and, and how we can bring it to our, our everyday lives. Um, obviously, like it won't replace the classic computer, but I think it'll be really awesome. And it's a really great path to take. After QCSIS, I was also really fascinated by the topic and I'll, I'll keep looking into it more, so.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, what you mentioned as well with uh, quantum computing, becoming really more accessible, that is true. There's another completely different route. Well, not exactly completely different, but there's a different uh, way to be working in, with quantum computing technologies. You don't have to go the academia route of working for a university type setting. There's also research and also applications that are going on with many companies uh, around the world. Like, yeah, there's big companies uh, in general, like Google and Microsoft that are reaching, reaching into quantum computing, but there's also companies and startups specifically for quantum computing, which could be really interesting for uh, two different people. But for me personally, I still think at the current moment that uh, academia is the most interesting route for me personally.
0: Yeah, especially since there's so much to discover and so much to know. And with that, we're going to hop on into the break. Frank! Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by the Accelerated Learner Academy. It's a course for students and lifelong learners to go from continued failure to top marks and success. It's a four-week life program where you will be learning directly from Matthew Espinoza and his team on how to maximize your brain and be more productive for this next school year. In fact, I'll be joining Matt and the others in version two of this course as an advisor in the program. I took the Accelerated Reading course and increased my reading speed from around 200 words per minute to 600 words per minute which is awesome so version two is going to be released on january 15th so if you want to get to know me better and join the academy be sure to check out the link in the bio for the full academy details all right to the next part of the episode all right i hope you guys enjoyed that break so for this next segment we're going to be talking about some of more stem involvements you were a part of in your community and also some of the distinctions you were awarded this year so First off, would you like to talk about your involvement with Technovation and how it has shaped you? Uh,
1: For sure. So uh, in grade 11, uh, my school um, introduced me to a program called Technovation, which is an international coding and business competition for girls, uh, for girls specifically. And I participated with a, a small team of other girls from my school to the program, which was um, the first French chapter in Ottawa. So it was new, figuring out how to do all that in French. So again, that's another situation with a program uh, for specifically coding, which was taught in French. So we needed to use any English keywords and some people uh, didn't know completely English, but uh, we they still made a good job of teaching Uh, different coding and especially business parts uh, in French. So uh, for a few months we worked on uh, having workshops and lectures uh, once a week, learning about how to uh, write code, how to do a pitch presentation, how to write a business plan and all that to work on our project. And I forgot to mention uh, each team uh, around the world need to develop a mobile application to solve a problem in their community. So with my team we worked on making uh, an application to help fight procrastination and help student mental health. So we developed our business plan and uh, I was the uh, main programmer for the project and developed a prototype to show to the judges. So our uh, product created uh, a custom schedule for you based off projects you needed to work on. So it would prioritize projects depending on uh, when they're due and how uh, they are. And we were limited with the platform that we were able to use for the program. Uh, it differs around the world, but mainly the main platform that we are using is called Thunkable, which is a block-based block based coding uh, program to make uh, mobile applications, so it was more on the simple side of programming because it was this program was designed for first-time coders as well as experienced coders. So, uh, any girls who are interested in finding out more about uh, programming can see if there is a Tech Innovation chapter uh, near where they are, so they can take this opportunity to make new friends, learn about business, learn about coding, and be able to. Uh, create an app to help their community. So uh, I really enjoyed participating in Technovation and I decided to continue working on my project uh, on my own and making it more of a reality by using, uh, not just a prototype with the, that limited language. So I decided to make it integrated with G Suite and be able to integrate with Google Tasks and Google Calendar as well as Google Forms to input in uh, tasks and projects you need to work on. So I finished working on this uh, around in June and have a few beta testers in my school board. So hoping to be able to release this uh, in my school board and in other school boards to help um, student mental health and to help fight procrastination. Uh, And with Technovation, I really enjoyed the program and I really enjoyed how it helped young French francophone girls learn programming. I'm a huge advocate for women in STEM. I have done uh, many programs and tried to help out many ways to encourage girls to pursue STEM and to make STEM a more welcoming environment for girls. So I decided to participate last year at uh, with Technovation again, but this time as a mentor. So I guided a team of young girls uh, from a small town, small rural town uh, near Ottawa who had to drive more than an hour every week to come learn programming and business. So I helped them figure out problems with their code and it was really rewarding to be able to see when they finally finished their project and being so proud of how far they had come and to have been a small, small part in them wanting to
0: pursue uh, stem yeah this this is amazing um i really love your idea about the productivity app if that releases anytime soon i'll make sure to promote it on this podcast and i will personally actually want to use it as well and as a participant of technovation myself i think it was amazing um it definitely introduced me to business and coding world i think when i participated we used MIT App Inventor, which is also the same kind of block base. Yeah. But now I think Thunkable is very intuitive as well. Um, and then it's, re- it's really awesome that um, you were able to learn that, but also apply it and continue on with the app later on and then help other girls. So um, on the topic of women in STEM and helping women in STEM, what other kind of involvements have you done to support women in STEM.
1: So for this, I'm gonna go way back to the beginning to uh, explain why I decided to really get involved with uh, encouraging more girls to pursue STEM. So from a young age, I was participating in many programs that already existed for girls in STEM, which was great. uh, A bunch of different science and engineering camps. Uh, So that was a wonderful opportunity. And even a robotics club in middle school, with a bunch of other girls. However, once I reached uh, high school and I went in uh, programming and IT courses, I was often the only girl or one of very few, which surprised me because I had been to so many events and opportunities where many girls seemed to be interested in STEM. So that uh, set me off guard, uh, took me off guard a little bit and also, after grade 10 i did a co-op internship at a computer repair shop where i worked as a i.t technician well like lower class i.t technician and there i actually experienced gender-based harassment for um and i was told that uh, a client didn't trust me to work on their computer for the simple fact that i was a girl and not actually because i was young they said because i was a girl which really shocked me and really made me realize how um sexism is not just a problem of the ages still very much present today and particularly in the case where i experienced in stem so i really wanted to make sure other girls would experience experience harassment like that and also for there to be more girls in my tech classes at school because I really loved everything that I learned and there's no reason for there to be less girls like girls can love learn and do amazing in technology and in STEM so I decided to get involved with my school talking to principals and teachers to try and find a way that I can contribute to encouraging girls in STEM at my school I did a lot of workshops and activities, particularly in coding, uh, for elementary students uh, all across my school board, as well as students from uh, my own school, younger students in grades uh, seven and eight, as well as uh, helped a little bit uh, with the launch of more intensive technology program at my school, and finally one of the biggest projects that I am working on at the moment is starting a small scholarship fund for uh, my high school uh, to uh, celebrate uh, girls who decide to pursue STEM in the future. So that was a really uh, incredible opportunity that hasn't really materialized yet since I'm from the last graduating class. So I have to wait next year to see the first recipient of this award but being blessed financially, uh, as you'll see in the next question, uh, I thought, what better way to make use of that money than to uh, help out in my community?
0: I definitely saw that trend as well. In middle school, a lot of girls were, were participating in like the science club or science fair. And then in high school, I see two girls in the computer science class. And then, you know, not a lot of them want to participate. Things like mm-hmm. science fair as well, um, so I really love how you took those actions along your journey, and then with all those experiences, you are able to recognize that gap. And I love how you are creating this like scholarship fund for your school. I think that's really awesome. Um, I think that a lot of them will be inspired by your actions as well. Will this scholarship fund be named like the Angeline Lafleur? scholarship (laughs) (laughs) no
1: uh i i didn't think that was the best idea um uh the name of the scholarship fund is Estim, which means esteem or uh regard but it's mainly a play on words because stem in french is STEM. so nice that sounds better sounds better
0: no yeah stem in french is steam right uh yeah because engineer S so T I M, yeah. Because engineering is like, engineer, So then you have, yeah, I replacing the E, which is really cool. Because if you're learning, because if you're living in Canada, um, if someone says STEAM, here it might mean S T E A M, which I know a lot of people like to put the A in STEM as well. Um, but mm-hmm. also in French, it's also STEAM, but it's S T I M. So that's really cool. Yeah. And, what was your process like in creating the fund?
1: Uh, for now, I plan to have it for at least uh, 10 years um, with the uh, amount of, like, the donation that I to be giving uh, to my school. And the scholarship is not, like, a big amount that's going to, you know, make the difference for paying entire tuition. It's more like a little show of encouragement uh, for girls in STEM and, When thinking of making this, I was really trying to find what would be the best way to use this to be able to help more girls pursue STEM. Because having some random small scholarship at high school graduation for girls in STEM is not gonna in itself make a huge difference for uh, someone deciding to pursue STEM. So it's really a small part of a big plan to continue being involved with my high school to come give talks and uh, work directly side by side with students showing them what i use stem to do uh, things that i learned how you can actually apply stem in your day-to-day life and your future careers and really work uh, alongside the technology and science programs at my school to have really that scholarship just be the ending point of any girl's journey uh, Uh, at the high school STEM programs.
0: Mm -hmm. And what advice would you give to young girls who want to pursue uh, STEM fields based on your past experiences?
1: So I'd say if you're interested in STEM, go for it. Uh, Wherever you start, you can can land land somewhere because STEM is so vast and there's so many different ways that you can work in STEM and do completely different projects but how it all comes together to help better our world so if you're passionate about designing and creating new technologies or uh, working with uh, working with animals um, doing math problems all any sort of aspect of stem that you'd be interested in is a worth enough reason to pursue stem Uh, i'd say if you're Unsure of pursuing STEM, uh, try thinking what are your character traits. The character traits for someone to succeed in STEM or engineering is really a curiosity. Curiosity to learn, curiosity to discover new things, really also a passion for design, creating things, a passion for understanding the world, learning new things, as I already mentioned. And also if you like puzzles and logic side of things, you can also really contribute. But really you can have basically any type, any personality types working in STEM from the most creative person to the most logical person. There's room for everyone in STEM. And if someone is worried specifically about being the only girl going in STEM and worried that they might not fit in with the rest of their friends or they might encounter uh, harassment, I'd say that that yes, that is a, a risk uh, that, sadly it still exists today but if you go through it and you you come out a stronger person and uh, you're not alone you have a huge community of women and girls all around the world who are supporting and cheering for you uh, to pursue your dreams and to pursue STEM.
0: Definitely I think those are really great points of advice Um, and my last point that I want to make Angéline is really, really passionate about women in STEM, um, helping minorities in STEM, um, and has been involved in many STEM experiences. And because of that, you've been awarded some distinctions with your um, involvements and potential in STEM fields. So would you like to highlight some of them?
1: Yeah, so I have been awarded, first of all, the uh, Schulich Leader Scholarship uh, for Science at the University of Ottawa. So that is, according to their website, the most coveted STEM scholarship in Canada. So it's offered in many schools uh, across Canada for people pursuing STEM, science or science technology, math or engineering. And they have two versions of the scholarship. So it's $100,000 for engineering, $80,000 for science recipients. Uh, In the past there were 50 winners per year and this year they doubled that to 100 winners so depending on which school there's different number of uh, recipients uh, chosen. I know that University of Waterloo has five science, five engineering recipients because they have more people um, applying there so I was really shocked and thankful to have received that award and it not only opened up uh, doors for financially uh, to help me in my educational career, but also even already just a few months in, I have made so many friends and started working on uh, many cool projects with some of the friends that I can mention later uh, at the end. Uh, I also was awarded um, the STEAM Horizon Award, uh, that, which is given by NSERC, which is the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council of Canada. So it's uh, an organization by the Canadian government that really helps fund, uh, especially helps fund uh, people in graduate studies, but they had this one undergraduate scholarship called the STEAM Horizon Awards, which is given to students who uh, use STEM to impact their communities and for students who Uh, are passionate about being ambassadors uh, for STEM, I highly recommend you apply and many others. I was honestly surprised. I worked really hard on my applications for various scholarships and I had no idea how it would turn out and ended up winning uh, these two and a few others as well, which is, I I can't believe it. I am so honored and grateful and I'll be sure to use this money for great uh, opportunities and helping others as well. Kind of where came the inspiration to
0: give the STEM scholarship uh, at my high school. Definitely, and I think those scholarships are well-deserved. I think even as a woman in STEM, we often feel like we don't, you're very humble, but also we tend to degrade ourselves a little bit because we think that we don't deserve those kind of scholarships. But I think that we should be very proud of that, and we should show it off because you inspire a lot of young girls that are in middle school, that are in high school, to you know pursue those STEM fields if that's what applies to them, or if they're entrepreneurial-minded, or if they you know have been involved in the STEM community um, in in any way. So the what are the kind of application deadlines. I'm not really sure.
1: For uh, Steam Horizon Awards that was around mid-January and then for uh Leader that was end of February and then uh, there's many university specific scholarships that I also recommend people apply to so when they're looking into which university they or in other cases on uh, colleges as well which university you would want to study study at and all those different ones really look what are all their scholarship programs and i honestly recommend applying to everything apply to everything you can find that uh, has remotely anything to do with your involvements like some of the scholarships you might think
0: it's a stretch but you you really never know definitely some of them require applications some of them don't i think making a schedule and applying to all the scholarships if they apply to you going on some websites like scholarships canada we have that in canada or um, other scholarship websites like scholar tree and search up you know scholarships in your country and and see which ones really apply to you um, just give yourself a little time because i think that a lot of scholarships really don't get awarded to really promising people and that's just because they haven't applied and if you you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? So
1: yeah, seems like cliché advice, but honestly, it it's the it's the best advice uh, that I could give is to really shoot your shot. But if you want more uh, application-specific advice, uh, I'd say first of all, uh, I'll just walk through a bit the process that I went through with making my application. So went through all the different involvements and everything i i I worked on went through and made a like big list of everything i worked on with categories and you know explaining a little bit what i got out of those and then kind of use that as a bit of a guide for writing all my other uh, for writing all my applications so each application might have a pretty different format like with uh steam horizon i had to make a video uh another one i had to make a powerpoint presentation a voice note, a bunch of different kind of work-intensive applications, which is, I think, a big reason why many people would want to apply but then end up giving up because it's a lot of work. Uh, it's no joke. I was pretty busy and stressed out last year trying to go through working on all of those, but in the end, uh, it really paid off uh, in my case. So, Now, even though different applications might have different mediums, you're gonna still reuse a lot of the stuff that you already wrote. So for me, since the scholarships were at, the application deadlines were kind of spread out across like the winter, I uh, took my applications from one scholarship and then modified it a bit to fit in the mold for another one for the next one, so on and so forth. And for, what to put in the application specifically, what I did and well, I guess what worked for me. I can't speak for all strategies and for writing essays and all that because I only have my own experience to share, but uh, really fitting in everything that you've accomplished and all your goals in one big narrative. So I really focused on um, my two main goals of working in quantum computing and uh, helping girls in STEM and really, demonstrated how throughout my entire life and high school career, how I worked on those goals and kind of showing the uh, judging committee really how those past experiences can um, demonstrate how I can go much further in those with those goals as well. And as for uh, applying to scholarships, really, really, it's important. Some aspect is your grades, some aspect is your extracurricular activities, different programs. So I highly recommend to be involved in STEM programs like UCSIS, SHAD, all those things, as well as non STEM related programs as well, really diversify everything you, you participated in, um, as well as uh, one experience that I highly recommend that I'm not sure if it's available everywhere internationally, but here in Ontario, Canada, I know that it is, is to do co-op work internships during high school. I did one uh, with IT and networking, like I mentioned earlier, and then I did another one with software development uh, with related to uh, satellite analysis at an engineering IoT company. So those opportunities were not only great learning opportunities, but also really helpful for scholarship applications. So trying to find out from a young age, but all these different opportunities you can uh, involve yourself with um, that can help you personally and can also help spice up your your resume a bit. But for me personally, back then, um, I didn't really know scholarships like these existed. So I wouldn't say to craft your entire life planning to get those scholarships, you know, take up all your time to work and study and not spend any time with your friends. It would say don't do that, so no, don't, no need to go with that dramatically, but really uh, participating in a bunch of different opportunities really goes a long way to demonstrate uh, your future potential.
0: So what I got from that and some of my tips is don't like participate in something just because you think it's going to be good for a scholarship or obviously it's like everything you do is going to be great for a resume, um, so yeah. it doesn't really have to be STEM-based. It could be language-based. It could be writing-based. I think um, even when we put the A in, in STEAM, I think a lot of it is also design, design thinking, design-centric solution, mm-hmm. um, all of those aspects. And they also, like the scholarships really test your character and your drive and your backstory. So for you, it was helping women in STEM and also being very passionate about quantum computing and for everyone, it's very different. So yeah. make sure you be yourself and take all your experiences and connect the dots between those lines. It, like, and it doesn't have to be, be perfect because mm-hmm. obviously in high school, we're trying out a lot of different things. But making sure you have one common or a couple common drives that you'll show the judging committee that you're really passionate about those things.
1: And a good point mentioning of not doing activities just for scholarships. I kind of got caught up in talking about my experience and my plans and kind of forgot what I was saying might have come off uh, that way. But yeah, um, people can sense if you're sincere. So really, all that matters is that you do what you're passionate about. There's no point in getting a scholarship to study something you don't want to study. What's really important is to follow your dreams and uh, do something that you're passionate about. You don't want to be stuck with something that doesn't make you want to wake up and go to school or wake up and go to work that day. So really find what, is, uh, what interests you and what you want to do, and leverage your interests uh, for scholarship
0: applications and just for your life in general. Definitely, and scholarships are a bonus. They're not like required, but I think they're really recommended, um, especially if, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, I think you are really interested in STEM, and you've probably um, participated in something. So I, so I really recommend um, applying to those things, even if you're not in Canada. I know there's a bunch in the U.S. and also in various countries in Europe. And if you do have questions, more like more questions about applying to scholarships. I will have her socials linked down below um, and with that do you have anything more to add before i conclude
1: uh yeah i have a last project uh to talk about that i'm that i mentioned briefly earlier that i was working on with other Shulik leaders so um it's a bit similar to this podcast actually so if you're listening to this podcast you might been be interested in uh in this as well so we created a sort of media company uh, called Simulation. So basically uh, it's a YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, podcast, platform, uh, where we make entertaining and educational STEM content. And check us out, our website, YouTube channel, will be linked down below. Uh, There's a few videos with me in them that are coming out soon and I also have been writing articles and blogs for our website so please if you could check those out. Uh, yeah, I think this might be of interest to people who would be interested in uh, listening to From the STEM
0: Hub. Of course, I really love this. I love incorporating STEM into media. I think STEM in our minds in, and in courses at school is not really fun um yeah think about because it's just like math and when stimulation does things like youtube videos and blogs and tiktoks and even podcasts and you know i think all those things really make stem more like more fun and i think um i really support this i'm going to definitely promote that as well um i think that's awesome uh,
1: yeah a particular series that we have going on right now is called STEM Duels. So uh it's basically pinning two STEM enthusiasts against each other in a particular challenge. So right now we have coding challenges up and soon also have trivia competitions that I participated in. So that's pretty interesting. Really funny uh, thing
0: is worth checking out. Awesome. And I will definitely check that out tonight when I'm you know taking a break watching YouTube channels. Yeah, so make sure to follow her on uh, her Insta, which is angeline.lafleur. And also, she has a website, uh, Engineer, which is amazing. I, okay, that, wait, what? That's like a mix between engineer. And yeah, and engineer. That's engineer. Awesome. Yeah. engineer. Yeah, engineer. So <laughs> it's a n g i e n e e r.com and then stimulation.com, which is like stimulation, but with just the E. Um, yep. I'll also have those linked down below. And then also her LinkedIn, which is also an um, engineer. So yeah, if, if, if you have any questions about some of the programs she's done, maybe some scholarships, um, if you're in a similar process, um, you can definitely connect with her on LinkedIn or shoot her a DM on Instagram. And yeah, make sure to check out Simulation. And um, if you're interested also her website as well to get to, get to know her a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I think this was a really awesome podcast. Um, it was really awesome to, to just dive into your, your involvement with STEM because I don't think I've ever met someone who is so involved in STEM as you were. And I'm so grateful that you were able to share your experiences um, on this podcast. All right, All right. See you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious.